0: Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Youssefi, and this is my boo,
1: Ian Reese. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. What's up?
0: Well, you tell me. You said that you want us to better date the podcast. And by date, I don't mean like you taking me out to dinner.
1: It could be both.
0: It could be both. It should be both. But that's not what you were talking about. So how are we going to better date our pod?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I've just been listening to some other podcasts and... um,
0: (laughs) Cheating on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with a lot of dudes. (laughs) Yeah, and so I just noticed that people tend to call out the date and time when they're recording. So, for example, it's Tuesday, July 12th. That's when we're recording. Um, for like if any major news breaks before we actually publish this episode, which will be out next Monday. But on Bitcoin Island, there's a different way to date. It's kind of like Star Trek and Star Date. It's called block height. Block height is just how many blocks since the Bitcoin blockchain has ever started, which is roughly every 10 minutes. So for example, right now, the block height is 744, 760.
0: And that number always goes up.
1: Only goes up.
0: Mm, I like that.
1: For future reference, when someone's listening to this podcast, they'll know exactly in Bitcoin terms and in Gregarian calendar terms when we recorded this podcast.
0: Very cool, babe.
1: Yeah, it's it's just something I think we are a Bitcoin podcast, so we should try to bring in certain cultural Bitcoin things.
0: Very cool. Well, you know, I'm all about learning the Bitcoin culture. Yeah, yeah. So this is a new way for me to fit in.
1: It is a pretty interesting metric in in like the world of Bitcoin because you can date things by that. If I told you something happened in block height 100,000 and X, Y, Z, like you could find out what time that was within 10 minutes.
0: Or you could just tell me the date.
1: You could, but as we've seen throughout history that calendars have changed, hmm. right? So you got the Jewish calendar, you got the Islamic calendar, you got the Greek calendar, you got the Roman calendar. Now you got the bitcoin calendar
0: so thousands of years from now people listening to our podcast will know exactly when we recorded this episode
1: in theory if electricity exists for thousands of years yes
0: (laughs) love it so okay we got to talk about fountain because we've been having a lot of fun on fountain podcasts
1: oh yeah been having a blast
0: yeah there are a ton of our listeners are engaging with us on there they're boosting us they're leaving really fun comments Uh, I wish we could give you all a shout out, but there's one specific person that Ian wanted to give a shout out to today.
1: I had one specific shout out to uh, 5th Power Productions. Great screen name. They've obviously been listening to us for a couple of episodes and they've commented on the last three. So I'm taking that as you're a real person and (laughs) thank you for listening. We
0: see you. We love Um, you. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the comments. Uh, I got to say, if you guys have anything specifically that you want us to talk about or if there's something that you want us to elaborate on or correct uh, that we've said in previous episodes, Fountain's really the best way to do it. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Fountain is going to be our main avenue of like interacting with, our, with listeners, uh, mainly because Fountain enables it, <laughs> number one. <laughs> uh, number two, because it does encourage the Bitcoin economy and the value for value economy. And so we're trying to push that forward. Um, but there are a couple of things I would like to call out to people who are using fountain. Um, number one, like if you have a Twitter account, it's possible for you to like link your fountain account to your Twitter account. That way we can follow you and vice versa on Twitter as well. Um, but the other one is there's a lot of you who have your default screen name as like user and easily it's like 10 or 15 digits after that. I would like to shout you out, but I'm not reading off 15 digits (laughs) to shout you out. You know who you are. User five seven six nine three four two three three 4, like no we're not doing that. Um so yeah update your profiles so we can shout you out when you when you uh give us a boost and um link your Twitter and follow us on Twitter and all that fun jazz.
0: We want to keep the party going and keep in touch after we air the episodes. With that said, babe, like let's get the party started. What's new? What's going on in Bitcoin World?
1: Obviously there's lots of stuff always going on, but we don't want this to be a multi-hour podcast.
0: I definitely don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't either. (laughs) Yeah, so I think the the really interesting thing that's happened in Bitcoin recently is some stuff that's going on in Texas. So as I've said on the podcast, like Texas is becoming one of the two kind of Bitcoin meccas in America. The other one being Florida, specifically Miami.
0: So like Texas is where the tech is happening. Uh, Miami is where the banking industry is happening.
1: Yeah, like if and when the banking industry goes full into Bitcoin, it'll probably be Miami, Um, but Texas, specifically Austin, is almost like Silicon Valley of Bitcoin right now.
0: So what's happening in Texas?
1: Right. So Texas has had a significant number of Bitcoin miners move there, mostly after the China lockdown, but just in general um, because of Texas's low electricity rates. All right. Texas is some of the lowest electricity in the country history of oil and gas kind of helps. Um, but in the oil industry, there's a lot of waste product when you mine nat- when you drill for natural gas or oil. And so these Bitcoin miners have been moving to Texas and like trying to power their Bitcoin miners from like what's called flare gas. It's like the waste energy of these, of these like industries, because there's a bunch of Bitcoin miners in Texas, not all of them are doing that. Some of them are just plugged into the grid naturally. So Texas is having a heat wave right now. Mm -hmm. And in order to be a good citizen or be a good Texan or whatever you want to call it, a lot of these Bitcoin miners have just shut their miners off during this heat wave and releasing all of that energy back onto the grid to be used for like air conditioning and all that fun stuff.
0: So does that mean up until now they were taking up more energy than they maybe should within the energy grid of Texas?
1: I mean, that is one way to look at it but you could look at it as the equivalent of Google has a data center and there's a heat wave. Do they shut their data center Mm. down? No, they don't. I don't know if they have a data center in Texas, (laughs) right? I don't know. Yeah, they might, they probably do. And if they don't Google, you should, it's Texas. But when you have these large data center infrastructure type projects, they never shut down. doesn't matter if it's a heat wave or not. If you shut that power, if you shut that data center down, In theory, Gmail goes down. I'm being facetious there. They have more than one.
0: (laughs) Not Gmail.
1: (laughs) What the Bitcoiners are doing is they are shutting down their operations, A, because it's helping the grid, but B, because it's not profitable to mine Bitcoin when electricity is expensive. Mm. So what you have is like these Bitcoin miners become like this weird kind of battery for the grid.
0: How are they a battery-free grid? So you're saying that they're using up energy, but that it can also be almost a reserve that can be distributed to the rest of the grid in times when energy becomes more expensive?
1: That's technically what's happening. But if, if you look at it from a battery standpoint, like, te- like Tesla, right? So Tesla's building these batteries that they're attaching to the grid. When you don't need energy, the battery's just sitting there doing nothing. The Bitcoin miners are sitting there doing something, and when you need energy for the grid, they can shut their entire operation down with the stroke of a key. It's not like this big Rube Goldberg machine that you got to pull a <laughs> bunch of levers and stuff. It's literally like you push a couple of keys on a keyboard and you can shut down that entire operation, but the electricity that it was using still exists on the grid. So you don't have to have like these scaling events for new energy you just turn off bitcoin miners and now all that energy is freed up for everyone else to use.
0: i feel like this is a bigger deal that i'm understanding so let's get into it
1: all right babe so break
0: this down for me why is this important
1: It's important for a couple reasons. The main one is no other industry would shut down voluntarily during a heat wave. Fair enough. They're doing this voluntarily. Now, granted, there's a business incentive for them to shut down, but in theory, they don't have to.
0: And honestly, you need a business incentive because, sure, if you have a Bitcoin mining company that's run by a nice person and they want to do this out of the goodness of their heart, fine. But that's not always going to be the case. Whereas if there's a financial incentive to shut down temporarily, it'll always happen within that industry.
1: Exactly. And so for Bitcoin mining, you need really cheap electricity. right? I think the number is like five cents a kilowatt down to like three cents a kilowatt. That's where it becomes profitable. So these Bitcoin miners, they sign contracts, right? When you get to a certain size, you don't just get an electricity bill from your electricity provider. Like you sign a contract. Oh, you're VIP. (laughs) You become a big deal customer in that you kind of negotiate the rate for your electricity Mm. because you know how much you're going to be using.
0: Ballin'.
1: And so these big industries like data centers, for example, they can do the math. They have bean counters and they know how much energy they're data center is going to draw from the grid and so you go to the electricity provider and say we're going to draw x amount we would like to pay y amount maybe there's some negotiation but once you have that plugged into the grid that's like a guaranteed load that that power generation company has to continually produce so if you're a hospital like let's forget about data centers if you're a hospital you're like we got babies on incubators right like
0: you have a contract agreement the energy companies are required to be producing that much energy, regardless of whether or not there's consumption of
1: it. Exactly. And these industries, like a hospital, they're always going to consume the energy, Mm -hmm. right? So here comes this new group, Bitcoin miners. And Bitcoin miners, they don't always need that energy. And so there, when they go to the table to negotiate, they can negotiate and say, look, when it gets above a certain rate, we'll turn off, but we want a lower rate the rest of the time.
0: And is that what they said?
1: For the most part, that's pretty much the deal that I would imagine they've struck. Okay, Otherwise, so why resumption. would they shut down? Yeah, I'm assuming. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just doing this out the goodness of your heart.
0: Or the financial incentive where this isn't worth operating right now because everything's so expensive. Exactly. OK, yeah, it's really interesting. I get a couple of daily emails of like, you know, curated news. And one of them today said, uh, you know, they had a paragraph on what was happening in Texas and I quickly skimmed it and I saw, you know, Bitcoin miners shut down something, something. And then it was like, click here to read why crypto is bad for energy consumption or bad for the environment. It was like referencing back something else that they had produced. And it was like, damn, like these people did something good and you're still shitting on them.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and, And this is the key point about Bitcoin is that unless you actually understand what it is and the incentives that drive it, you would look at that story and say, oh, they're shutting down, must be bad.
0: They're shutting down and good because they're wasting energy anyways. And look, in this heat wave, they were wasting energy that other people could use for air conditioning. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Even I hearing that story and and understanding what could happen to Texans. It's really scary. There are instances where people have died and might still die this summer because it's going to be so hot there.
1: Don't forget the power outage when it was cold.
0: Exactly. To criticize the energy consumption and Bitcoin mining ignores the value that Bitcoin brings to society.
1: On top of the monetary benefit, on top of the like speed of transaction benefit, what I think this story is showing that's going on in Texas and why I said they're they're like a new type of battery, right? Bitcoin mining creates load where there might not otherwise be load on the electrical grid.
0: Like expendable load.
1: It's going to be used, Mm -hmm. right? So here's one of the problems that we have with why new energy producing facilities, whether it's nuclear or whatever, right? Aren't built. Okay, A, where am I going to build it? Well, you can only build it so close to where the people are. Or B, you gotta build it way far out in the middle of nowhere and like run cables back to the city. Well, there's a period of time where those cables aren't gonna be up (laughs) and you got this power plant in the middle of nowhere generating electricity. What if I could just park some Bitcoin miners next to it and now that's not a completely wasted resource. It's producing energy and it's being used, but you don't have to drag the cables yet. And when you start dragging the cables and you start using the energy that's being produced, then the Bitcoin miners can kind of migrate somewhere else to some other new power plant that's being built. And so you're going to have like, I'm just picturing this in my head, (laughs) like this flock of seagulls, right? Like this flock, this migrating flock of Bitcoin miners. And I picture there's going to be a very mobile, very transient Bitcoin mining community that's just hauling their rigs all across the world, whether like the Formula One race, mm. right? Like they move that whole race all around the world every week.
0: Yeah. Right? A well-oiled machine. Well-oiled Pun machine. Pun intended.
1: <laughs> so I see Bitcoin mining as functioning very similar to that. Not like on a week-to-week basis, but we're going to build a new project that's like this hydroelectric dam in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Okay, build the dam, strap on the Bitcoin miners. The minute the dam starts producing any electricity it's not wasted
0: and there would be a group of people companies whatever who could be really reactive and wouldn't just withstand whatever nonsense is happening where they are if energy prices have increased they don't have to deal with it they don't have to remain customers of those energy producers exactly that's exciting and
1: that's what we saw happen in china yeah. China said, Bitcoin mining bad, get out. And they said, fine, Peace bye. out. <laughs> and I mean, there's obviously still some mining going on in China, but you know. So
0: do you think that this action is going to create positive news for Bitcoin or do you think it's just gonna create more FUD, which is again, what I saw in my mailbox today?
1: If you're a real Bitcoiner, this is a really positive step because nobody else is shutting down because of a heat wave.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I do remember... Other times where things have happened where it's like a small headline, but you're so excited about it. And this is one of those things where if you are a real Bitcoiner, more things are clicking in your head about, oh, here's another benefit of Bitcoin that it's not just a currency.
1: It's not. Like this example is Bitcoin is a battery.
0: Mm, We got a new one.
1: But we only compare Bitcoin mining to its like physical equivalent, which is gold mining. Right. Now, what happens when a gold mine is exhausted and the the mining operation just ups and leaves?
0: I think it becomes a tourist attraction.
1: (laughs) No, it's a pollution nightmare. Yes, that too. (laughs) Right. So when you dig gold out of the ground, it doesn't just leave a hole in the ground. Mm. It destroys the environment. When Bitcoin miners shut down and leave town, there's nothing left behind there's nothing. No
0: electronics left behind.
1: I mean, you know, there's probably some gravel and some, you know, whatever, but like
0: extension cords. Yeah,
1: there might be like a USB cable (laughs) lying around. But if we're going to compare Bitcoin mining to gold mining and Bitcoin to gold, this is a much more energy efficient and environmentally friendly mining operation. And I'm putting mining in air quotes here for all the people listening.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting when people come at Bitcoin mining with the criticism that it wastes energy, it ignores all the other ways we use energy in society, that private companies use energy. Um, You know, we have talked about how like, current fiat dollars, paper money, banking industry, whatever you want to call it, how much energy they use, spend, waste, whatever you want to call that. Nobody has beef with that. But just because Bitcoin is a new thing, people come at the energy usage just so aggressively and dismissively. It's it's it is frustrating. You know, I get frustrated when there's a headline that's not telling the whole story and then I sit and I have a conversation with you and you're like, no, this is good news. <laughs> this proves that Bitcoin is good. I'm like, what? What?
1: Yeah, this is a really this is a really good story. And it's happening in Texas and that's great. But this is what's also going to happen in El Salvador. This is probably what's gonna happen in most of Central and South America over the next decade. It makes it it makes these energy uh, projects, whether it's a hydroelectric dam or a volcano, right? Like whatever you want to do, it makes them so economically viable from day one. Whereas most of the time it's like, oh, we're not going to break even until four, five, six, seven, eight years down the road. You slap Bitcoin miners onto it. It's profitable immediately.
0: It's profitable and it brings flexibility to the electrical grid.
1: Lots of flexibility.
0: So anything else, babe, that I need to know about this story that makes Bitcoin even more amazing?
1: Yeah, there is a big push because of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and this natural gas energy crisis that the world's experiencing. There's there's a, there's a renewed push for nuclear, right? And I think that that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen over the next decade. I think we're going to see actually nuclear reactors being built again. But... There's a new type of reactor that's a lot smaller and a lot safer. And it's been around for a while, but most people just don't talk about it or use it because it's like nuclear's bad.
0: Yeah, there's just such a negative connotation around nuclear energy.
1: Right. And so what I think, and this is, you know, a little futurism.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you see in your crystal ball, babe?
1: I think that you're going to see these, they're called small modular reactors, SMRs. I believe that's what they're called. Yeah, these small modular reactors, I think, are going to start powering small towns. Mm. And so what you're going to have is instead of a very centralized energy production system, you're going to have a more distributed energy production system. And the reason why I think that that's such a big deal is because Now we have all of this land in America that no one lives in because there's no energy there.
0: Right. And when you said small towns, I was assuming you meant rural America.
1: I mean, rural America. I think rural America is going to have a resurgence because of this crazy energy crisis that we're seeing happening in Ukraine and, and Russia. And I just don't think I think there are very smart people that are connecting the dots. But I think it's a very hard A to B to see for people to make if you don't put Bitcoin in the middle.
0: I wonder if the Texas government, or at least their Department of Energy, is understanding this opportunity for themselves with the issues that they're having with their electrical grid, with Austin being this tech hub of Bitcoin technology. Are they connecting those dots, do you think?
1: So that's a really great question. And I would say that I do not see or read anything that leads me to believe that the government is connecting those dots but there are a lot of entrepreneurs that are connecting mm-hmm. those dots. And Hey,
0: I th- Ted Cruz is a Bitcoiner, isn't he? Senator of Texas.
1: Look, <laughs> you can be into Bitcoin and not understand, I not understand how energy any works. Of this. Yeah, right?
0: fair enough. I had a lot of questions today. And I don't think <laughs> and I
1: don't think <laughs> And I don't think Ted Cruz is into Bitcoin. I think Ted Cruz was specifically into that particular Bitcoin company telling the Canadian government to get out of my business, mm. right? Like, Yeah, let's get,
0: not give him that much credit. I'm not, Yeah, <laughs> I'm only giving
1: him the credit of what he really asked for, which was he read a letter that someone else wrote that happened to be written by a Bitcoiner, mm-hmm. right? But I do think that there are very smart people, entrepreneurs that are doing the math. And I think a lot of them are Bitcoiners right now. And I think a lot of them are Bitcoin miners right now. And the Bitcoin miners know, if I can get super cheap energy, I can be profitable forever. What's the cheapest energy right now? Those small modular reactors. You get energy costs down to like one cent or two cents with those. And that's forever, right? So I think that we're gonna see a resurgence in nuclear. I think we're gonna see a resurgence in small town America. And I think it's all gonna be because Bitcoin is that integral piece and their lack of energy becomes a positive because now people want to go there and put energy there because they're going to mine the bitcoin but the town next door is going to get really cheap energy also
0: you heard it here first guys well as usual bitcoin's giving me a little hope You know, you hear a lot about how hot the summers are getting and how there are going to be a lot of people without air conditioning this summer. And it's nice to know that Bitcoin might play a role in keeping people safe.
1: Bitcoin can be a protector.
0: Ooh, Bitcoin is energy. Bitcoin is a battery. Bitcoin is a protector. Which one's my favorite? Not this one. I didn't list it, but what's my favorite of what Bitcoin is?
1: Probably like love yeah bitcoin
0: the... is love obviously yeah. i'm flirting with it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: this energy crisis that the world is seeing mm-hmm. it is going to give bitcoin an opportunity to shine that it would not get in a cheap energy environment
0: yeah that's a good point but at the same time bitcoin or bitcoiners have to counter fud that's out there while we are having this energy crisis to say oh look bitcoin's also a problem so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out but i'm definitely team bitcoin
1: all i'll say is no one asked them to shut down so you can have all the fud you want you can dump on bitcoin all you want but bitcoin just gave energy back to the texas grid and that's a big deal huge
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old-fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you. Hence the term value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode.